sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour number two of the morning after live right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And I am Ben Stevens. There is so much to get to here in hour number two. It's a big day in the world of sports because you could have been watching sports at 1.30 a.m. Eastern time. Maybe you didn't go to bed. Maybe you got up really early with a pot of coffee by your side to take in the 151st Open Championship or the Women's World Cup. We will break down both of those things along with Major League Baseball here in this second hour. Let's start with golf's oldest major, the fourth and final of this year at Hoylake. It's Royal Liverpool for the 151st Open Championship. And very early on across the pond in England, it was Christo Lampret, the amateur who plays his collegiate golf at Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, excuse me, the big 6'8 South African pacing the entirety of the field with an opening round 66 that's five under par 71 for the opening round lead however in the last few moments Tommy Fleetwood the Englishman has finished up his opening round and he matches Lampret with an opening round 66 five under so as we go to those live outright odds we have co-leaders at Royal Liverpool Tommy Fleetwood at five under Christo Lampret also five under par but it's Fleetwood who is now the outright favorite for the 2023 Open Championship plus 650 Scotty Scheffler not all that far behind with a plus 700 price one under 70 in his opening round some of the big names off already at Hoylake Jordan Spieth two under par back and forth for Spieth but still two under Ricky Fowler through 17 holes he's two under at the 151st playing of the Open. Stuart Sink, the 50-year-old who, like Lampret, played his college golf at Georgia Tech as well. A three under 68 in his opening round. That guy on your screen, Phil Mickelson, is north of 50 years old and the U.S. Open champion, Wyndham Clark, looking pretty good in his major following that U.S. Open victory. He is currently three under after his opening round as well. So, you see the leaderboard and you see the updated odds it is really interesting early on in the opening round Thursday at the 2023 Open Championship currently Tommy Fleetwood as you would expect as he is tied with Christo Lampret for that round one lead is the favorite alongside Christo Lampret at plus 170 both of those golfers at five under par but will they be upended we go to the pre-tournament odds yesterday evening before round one got started at Hoy Lake early this morning. Rory McIlroy was the favorite to be the opening round leader after 18 holes for the entirety of the field. It was a 20 to 1 price. Round one leader odds are always very expensive plus money because it's even more random than picking the outright winner of the Claret Jug. But you see those big names. Scotty Scheffler, who was the favorite entering the tournament, a dollar ahead of Rory in the outright odds, plus 650 for Scheffler, plus 750 for Rory. They were co-favorites 
pre-tournament to lead after round one. Again, Scheffler is already done. One under 70 for his opening round score. Rory McIlroy just getting underway at Hoylake in the 2023 Open Championship. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number two of a Thursday live on TMA. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens, the 151st playing of the Open Championship. Some might call it the British Open officially though it is the Open Championship the oldest major in all of golf the fourth and final this year in 2023 so Roy McIlroy teed off at 9:59 a.m. Eastern time just about seven minutes ago he's on his opening hole of his opening round of the 2023 Open. Now, Royal Liverpool, known as Hoylake, has hosted the Open Championship 13 times in the Rotunda rotation. Most recently, Royal Liverpool played host to the Open Championship back in 2014. And who hoisted the Claret Jug on that Sunday? Back in June of 20 or July of 2014, who was the champion golfer of the year? It was Rory McIlroy. He won back-to-back -back majors to end out that season in golf, first at the Open Championship, then backed it up at the PGA Championship. That was the last time Rory McIlroy won a major title. It has been nearly a decade drought now here in 2023. It would be going on a decade unless Rory McIlroy is able to buck that trend and win again at Hoylake this week. Here are the odds for Rory as he looks to get back into the winner's circle at a major. Again, the second best price outright, only behind Scotty Scheffler, plus 750. To finish top 10, a minus money price, minus 120. To make the cut and to see the weekend at Royal Liverpool, minus 1600. We expect Rory to be in the mix. He's playing really good golf right now and obviously has the familiarity with Hoyling. Not only that, but he was victorious last week in a sensational final round on Sunday at the 2023 Scottish Open. So he brings that good form into this week at the 2023 Open Championship. Again, we have an amateur tied atop the leaderboard. Christo Lampret out of South Africa. 6'8 plays his college golf at Georgia Tech. He's alongside Tommy Fleetwood. Both of those golfers, five under par. Now the daily bases around MLB. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The daily bases around MLB on this Thursday live right here on the morning after. Some teams on this Thursday continue their second series of the second half of the season. Others have the day off. Others already on to their third series of this second half, including a vitally important one at the Trop in Tampa. The daily basis here on this Thursday on TMA. That means Craig Mish is in the fold as well. He hosts Newswire. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Our Major League Baseball insider here across the Sports Grid Network as well. Craig, only 10 games today around the Major League Baseball diamond, but 10 really good ones with some really good pitching matchups as well. Yeah, it'll be fun to go over this today for sure. What is odd, I would say, Ben, is that a lot of teams are off today. A lot of teams are off Monday as well. And this is coming off basically 
the all-star break too so i'm not really sure about the quirk and the scheduling here but we do have yeah. a significant amount of off days coming here today and monday as well so just keep an eye on that and a few day games as well including the series finale in atlanta where the braves will hope to avoid a sweep against the arizona diamondbacks the d-backs won the opening game of the set 16 to 13 in a game that features a combined 29 total runs and then last night another upset as a hefty underdog five to three over atlanta but today craig for the third and final game of this series what a pitching matchup we have. The two co-favorites to win the National League Cy Young Award face off today between the Braves and the Diamondbacks. It is Zach Gallon getting the start for Arizona. On the other side, it is Spencer Strider getting the nod for Atlanta. Craig, the Braves booked as nearly a $2 favorite, but who do you think has the edge in this pitching matchup? Yeah, look, I mean, I guess at this point you could just ride the trend and take Arizona to win again, but that seems a little foolish just to go off that. Look, Diamondbacks really needed these wins to sort of stay alive in it, and conversely, I mean, the Braves, yeah, I mean, Philly won a couple of games, but in the interim, Ben, Miami lost every game out of the break. The Braves basically lost no ground here, so it's almost like this, this losing streak may have never happened for them when they ended up starting winning, so... Look, you could obviously see here the Braves are a $2 favorite. I would imagine by the time this goes off, goes down to 170 160 people are going to take the underdog and just basically blindly say, hey, look, the team has won a few in a row. Let's keep riding that. Uh, but for me, what stands out here, it's really interesting, Ben. What stands out is the total. It seems high to me mm. at 9. And so rather than pounding the under, I don't know. I think they're trying to tell you something here a little bit. I think there could be some more runs scored again in this game. These two teams' offenses are clicking. Not going to go against yeah. that. So a lean on the over in this game for me. But a game I think you just want to watch and not bet. The total of 10.5 on Tuesday night certainly sailed over with 29 runs. Last night, a total of 10 stayed under with only eight combined scored. And I will say this, if you're going to focus on offense, maybe it should be for Atlanta. Because Zach Gallen, despite starting the All-Star game for the National League and being a co-favorite for the NL Cy Young, has not been very good on the road, Craig. He's a perfect 9-0 with a 1-4-8 ERA in the desert, but away from Arizona this year he is two and four with a five one one ERA so Craig when you look at the two pitchers on the bump today in Atlanta will either of these two win the National League Cy Young award well they're among the favorites uh look I'm partial to Zach Gallen for the time that he spent in in Miami I'm a fan of his and uh and certainly I'll be rooting for him no doubt but look, you know, Strider is going to be right there in the end, too. Maybe yep. this just comes down to advanced metrics or, like, strikeouts at the end of the season. But as you can see, the odds are really tight there in the end. Uh, my lean, again, I'm partial to it, would be toward Gallon. And, I, and look, those, I, you know, I was not aware of how bad those <laughs> numbers were of Gallon, to be honest with you, because I saw him pitch in Miami, pitch really well. Uh, but, you know, Gallon, for me, in the end, I, I think has a really good chance to win. Let's also not forget... When the, when the uh, calendar last year, Ben, turned to August, August of 2022, there was no better pitcher in Major League Baseball in August and September than Zach Gallen. So let's bet on that again. Very, very true. They are co-favorites right now, Gallon and Strider at plus 250, only a dollar and a half behind, despite a 6-7 and seven win-loss record is Blake Snell, who gets the start today for San Diego in Toronto as the Padres look for a sweep over the Blue Jays. He has a 2-7-1-1 ERA, does Snell. And as San Diego, Craig, 
only 12 days away from the MLB trade deadline, looks to save their season. How good do you anticipate Blake Stell is today on the road against the Jays? Yeah, this is a tough matchup for sure. Blake Snell has probably been the Padres' best pitcher. I think these odds speak to how close and tight this game potentially will be. Uh, yeah. You know, this this is a tough – Ben, you talked about in the beginning. This is a tough slate just because of the quality starting pitching that we're seeing across the league go today. And, and maybe it's just a way that things lined up from after the All-Star break. I don't think it's a coincidence. I guess teams gave their aces a little bit more time. Uh, you know, since the break. But, I, you know, I, I got to look at it, and I would say probably that Snell does show up today. I expect a very close game, but probably not one that I have very much interest in. I am interested in what San Diego is going to do. It's a very – look, I, yeah. I think the Mets at this point, Ben, it's fair to say, just got to call it what it is. Like, you know, they're, they're just not going to win anything. But, look, San Diego's got to feel like they still have a chance. I just can't believe – that they're in this spot with nine games to play. What's going to happen, Ben? I don't know. It's anybody's guess. Juan Soto, is he going to be on the move? Is, are they going to move Snell? I, I don't know. Craig, a guy you know well, Burt Murray, who was here after you yesterday, said the Padres are a team to monitor. They might have the most influence on what we see ahead of yeah. the trade deadline. They're still four games below 500. They're still six and a half games back of a National League wildcard spot. And speaking of those amazings, by the way, a three-game win streak for New York, but they're still seven games back of a National League wildcard spot as well. Craig, a huge game in Tampa at the Trop today. The Rays have lost four straight. The Orioles avoided a sweep against the Dodgers yesterday. So because of Baltimore's win and Tampa's loss in Texas, we now have a tie at the top of the American League East divisional standings between Baltimore and Tampa Bay. So, Craig, as they start this series in Tampa today, just how important is it? It's real important. I think that the Orioles in particular here. Now, let's also keep in mind, Tampa Bay has been a 500 team, Ben, the last month and a half, okay? Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, a sub-500 team the past month and, a, month and a half, too. But I do think that this is important for the Orioles to show that they can hang with Tampa Bay and they can win the division. I'm not talking that they have to go in there and win three in a row. That doesn't have to happen. Yep. But the Orioles got to play close in these games. Their pitching got pretty beat up against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'd like to see that improve a little bit. And I look, I think the Rays are going to want to show up and play and say, hey, look, you know, April and May, we were the best team in baseball. Let's go back to doing that again. I'm sure this is going to mean a lot to them, too. I'm very curious to see how this series plays out. Even if the Orioles lose two out of three, I would like to see the games close to have a belief that yeah. they can win the division. Because at some point, Tampa Bay is going to get hot again. I don't anticipate them being a sub-500 team for the next two months. Yeah. The Rays are 9-17, and 17, Craig, since June 16th. It was their peak of the season, nearly 30 games above 500. Technically, based on win percentage, the O's do have that best mark in the American League at this moment, but you saw the odds. Tampa with Tyler Glass now getting the start, a heavy favorite at the Trop today. One final game to mention, a lot of day baseball, including in the Pacific Northwest. It's the M's and the Twins. Minnesota, Craig, has taken the opening two games of this set. What's the approach? for day baseball in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, a little plus money here on Minnesota. You know, look, look again, again, partiality to Pablo Lopez here. I think I was looking at his strikeout prop today. I think he probably goes over that total as low. So seven and a half, really good pitching matchup. But, uh, you know, again, you know, Lopez is coming off, you know, to me, his worst start of the season against the Oakland A's. I don't know how that happened the other day. 
Uh, I expect a bounce back here. Now, whether or not Minnesota wins the game, I don't know. So maybe first five on Minnesota a little bit here and interested in, in Lopez's K prop against Seattle. The Twins now have a two-and-a-half game lead in the American League Central. They're three games above 500. They're the only team in the division with a winning record and a hefty minus 260 favorite. Craig Mish, as always, we appreciate your time here on the morning after. The Women's World Cup now underway down under. We break it down up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. D23. Women's World Cup is now underway. It got started bright and early on this Thursday morning here for a stateside down under in Australia and New Zealand, the two host nations for the 2023 Women's World Cup. To break down everything, what we have seen in the opening matches and what the outlook is for the United States women's national team, we welcome on Anthony DeBundo to this Thursday live right here on the morning after Anthony doing some wonderful handicapping as a part of the Action Network. Anthony, thank you for taking the time to join us here bright and early on the morning after. However, not nearly as bright and early as the Women's World Cup got started today. Yeah, 3 a.m. overnight start. Uh, certainly going to be testing my sleep schedule uh, for the next month down under uh, for, for sure. The good news, though, for Team USA, their opening match against Vietnam is tomorrow night. It's 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. That is when it is set for kickoff here in the States. But earlier today, one of the host nations underway with a huge upset to start off the 2023 Women's World Cup. The Kiwis of New Zealand pull off the stunner against Norway. New Zealand booked as a 10-to-1 match Moneyline underdog and give the home crowd an absolute thrill to start things off in the women's world cup and then australia the other host nation booked as a hefty favorite but playing without their best player sam kerr due to a calf injury still able to get the result they need a one nil victory anthony what was your reaction of the opening two matches we saw at the women's world cup yes this was new zealand's sixth trip to the world cup they'd finished last in their group every time they never won a match at the women's world cup so for them to finally get a victory and an upset in the opening match uh, with their top player scoring the winning goal uh, it's a really a great story the football ferns as they're called one of my favorite nicknames in this entire tournament uh, pulling off the upset it's a really probably the weakest group from top to bottom. So now New Zealand, a pretty strong favorite to advance. And Norway is going to be under a lot of pressure. They were the heavy, heavy favorites to win this group. Uh, had been up and yeah. down in qualifying. Now, uh, you know, maybe in some trouble if they don't get a result against Switzerland. And then Australia, no Sam Kerr. I bet her golden boot. So it was not great to see that she was out and pretty much dead <laughs> for that market now. Uh, picked up a calf injury in training on Wednesday. So uh, not great, but uh, a good win for the Matildas nevertheless. Sam Kerr slated to miss the opening two matches for Australia here, but the Aussies, again, still a win over Ireland. Right now, New Zealand is the favorite to win their group, plus 115, but still Norway not far behind at 2-1. to one. Switzerland and the Philippines will play their opening match in that group later this evening. So, Anthony, tomorrow, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, the debut in 2023 at the Women's World Cup for the U.S. Women's National Team. And the United 
United States booked as a heavy favorite, minus 20,000 against Vietnam to start things off. The two-time defending World Cup champs, the U.S. victorious in both 2015 and in 2019, get started with what looks on paper, Anthony, like an easy warm-up match. What do you hope to see out of the U.S. tomorrow against Vietnam? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a feeling out period. And the uh, the schedule makers did the U.S. a favor here with this matchup. Vietnam, uh, not really a team that's expected to do much in this tournament. A team that's more of a happy-to-be-here type situation. Uh, making yeah. you know, a World Cup appearance with a lot of their players playing domestically in Vietnam and not being at the same level uh, as the United States. United States laying six and a quarter goals if you're interested in betting the market. They did win by 13 against Thailand in their first match in 2019. I don't think it'll be that high. And one of the things to watch is kind of just how Vladko Andonovsky manages the minutes here because uh, they have a bunch of yeah. players who are playing their way into form, playing their way back from injury. Uh, and so, you know, players like a Rose Lavelle uh, and, and a Julie Ertz and a Megan Rapino. what kind of minutes do they see off the bench? And how much of this is kind of just like a feeling out period for the United States to figure out what their best 11 is going to look like once they play the Dutch in their second match, which will be a much stiffer test. Uh, even though the United States will be favored pretty solidly in all three group matches, uh, they will get tested, I think, in their next two matches. So the, the first one is a is a bit of a warm up in a way uh, as they prepare for this this uh, you know hopefully seven match endeavor if you're a United States fan. And of course, the big storyline entering the 2023 Women's World Cup, Megan Rapinoe announcing this will be her final. She is retiring from the national team after it. And the manager of the last two World Cup championships was Jill Ellis. She is no longer in place, so some changes for the U.S. women's national team. But still, Anthony, booked as a heavy favorite to win their group. Minus 310 is the price on the Americans. You mentioned the second match scheduled against the Dutch. Who was the biggest challenger for the United States in their group? Yeah, I still think it's the Dutch uh, somewhat, but I actually think Portugal is going to cause some interesting matchup problems for both the Dutch and the United States. Portugal has had some encouraging results in their friendlies leading up to the World Cup. They had a decent showing at the Euros. They even took the Dutch to, uh, it was a 3-2 thriller at the Euros last summer in England, uh, and a match that if you look at some of the underlying metrics, was pretty even in terms of shots, expected goals, uh, the Dutch winning that 3-2. So I think that Portugal's a bit of a plucky underdog in this group, and they don't have the you know the same history that they do on the men's side, but they're starting to put more resources into women's uh, women's football, and, and I think they're going to start to see the dividends of that. They have a very cohesive unit. The Dutch, I know they were in the final in 2019, uh, but they've had some really weird results in the last few years. The Olympics uh, were okay for them, but then the Euros last summer got absolutely crushed by France uh, and don't have Viv Miedema, who's one of the top strikers in the world and, and scored twice against the U.S. in the Olympics. She's out of this tournament with an ACL injury, and without her firepower, they're just a little bit short on talent. So I think the Dutch are, are good, uh, but they're not. They're maybe a little vulnerable to get picked off by Portugal for second in this group. I do think the United States ultimately wins the group relatively comfortably. Again, the United States, a two-time defending champion at the World Cup, victorious in 2015 over Japan. 2019, the win in the final against the Netherlands. Four World Cup titles for the United States women's national team, a powerhouse in world football. And, Anthony, we showed the odds for every step along the way. Here are the rest of them. They are the favorites. Are the U.S. to win this tournament outright plus 240 even to make the final a relatively short number at plus 125 so anthony as you get ready to see the united states open play in the women's world cup tomorrow night is it championship or bust for the u.s 
Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they got a very friendly draw, and it got even friendlier today with Norway's loss. So the way that this group sets up, if the U.S. wins their group, uh, they will play one of the weaker round of 16 opponents, and then their potential quarterfinal was looking like Norway or Japan. Uh, well, now that Norway may not win their group, they still could, but they may not win their group, uh, that would open the door for a New Zealand or a Switzerland to get through to that quarterfinal or Japan, uh, which would be an even easier matchup for the United States. So I think it's a very, very strong possibility that even if the United States maybe isn't as good as the market thinks, which I think, um, they still probably roll to the semis and then face either like a Sweden or a Spain in that semifinal. And then maybe we have to have a conversation about like, is plus 250 worth it when maybe they should be an underdog in a potential final matchup against a France, Germany, or England, which I think... Uh, they should be probably a coin flip in all of those games. So I have no value for me in plus 250 to win the tournament. Uh, but I think that minus 250 to make the semis is, is just about right given the draw. Now, if they were to slip up and somehow lose and not win this group, the draw gets a lot tougher. They would look at Sweden in the round of 16, potentially Spain in the quarterfinals. So they do get the, the, the draw gods were in their favor because France, Germany, yeah. England, uh, Australia, all likely to go on the other side of the knockout bracket. But again... Uh, I'm, I'm still a little bit questioning the tactics and some of the, you know, uh, injury issues that they've had. The path so always vitally important for anything throughout the tournament. So as we look at Team USA, one of the staples of the women's national team is back. Alex Morgan is the favorite to lead this team in goals at the 2023 Women's World Cup, a plus 115 price. So whether it's Morgan, Anthony, or somewhere else across the U.S. roster, who is the key player for the Americans to reach that final here in the 2023 Women's World Cup? Yeah, I understand why Alex Morgan's the favorite. She's going to be on penalties when she's on the pitch. Uh, you know, she has the experience and she's the name that everybody knows, of course, along with Rapino and probably Ertz as the three biggest, you know, returning names from this team. But I, I think yeah. the best player is on the team and most important player is very clearly is Sophie Smith. Uh, and she, by some advanced metrics, you know, uh, that, that study like NWSL, you know, shot data and ball progression and value add, she's not just the best player in the NWSL, but arguably the best player in the world. Some of the numbers that she's put up have been absolutely incredible. Uh, and, you know, she's really aging into her prime right now. So, uh, you know, I would, I would bet anything here, it, it, would, be, it would be Smith uh, in that market. Right now, Alex Morgan is the favorite to win the Golden Boot. Sophia Smith has the second best price at plus 550. Anthony, outside of the Americans that will play in the 2023 Women's World Cup, who is a name the casual soccer fan needs to know for all the action we're going to see over the next month down under? In terms of Golden Boot odds, I mean, I loved Sam Kerr coming into the tournament, but she's pretty much drawing True. dead now without playing two matches. So my other bet is uh, Alexandra Pop, 16-1 to to win the Golden Boot. She plays for Germany. Uh, she missed the Euros last year. Her production in German Bundesliga, uh, the Frauensliga, was excellent. Uh, and she gets a very favorable group and a very attacking team. So Colombia, South Korea, Morocco, probably the weakest group top to bottom outside of Germany, uh, like the second, third, and fourth teams. So she should be able to rack up a bunch of goals there. And then I think Germany's primed to make the semis at least here. So uh, I like Pop and her chances to really pad her her totals in the group stage and then maybe add a goal or two in the in the knockouts to get the golden boot at 16 to 1. I just think that, uh, you know, of course, the, the Americans are favored, but there are some question marks uh, about, you know, how deep will they go? True. The fourth best number for Germany right now to win the eventual title at seven to one. Anthony, outside of the Americans, only 30 seconds left in this segment. Who is a team you think could reach the final or potentially even up end Team USA to win the Women's World Cup? 
Yeah, so I bet France, and I like France. Vive la France. Hervé Renard is the new manager. They fired the old one. There was a bit of a uprising in the French team in the spring. They brought in Renard. He's mm. managed on the men's side and had a ton of excellent results in the international level. He brought back their top striker into the fold. They have as much talent as anybody. They have a decent path. 11-1, to vive la France. I like it. Anthony DeBundo from Action Network joining us here to get us ready for the 2023 Women's World Cup. Anthony, thank you. Back to the Diamond around the Bigs up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time to go all around Major League Baseball on this Thursday live right here on the morning after. Arm Layton from our good friends at Just Baseball Media joins us live on this Thursday on TMA. Ten games a part of the Thursday slate, Arm, with some really good pitching matchups around the bigs. And we'll recap yesterday as well, less than two weeks away from the trade deadline in MLB. For everything, Arm, we say thank you. We appreciate the insight here on this Thursday. Oh, it's always an honor to be on and always a blast. Uh, anytime. <laughs> so let's start out in Anaheim. Last night, the Angels pull off the sweep over the Yankees. And for the pinstripes, things not all that great right now. And Carlos Rodon, one of their big offseason acquisitions, has not been great in his three starts this year for New York either. Now 0-3 Arum with an ERA above seven. He has allowed 10 earned runs in or 12 earned runs in total in 14 and two-thirds of work. So the sweep for the Halos yesterday, the pinstripes now have dropped four straight, five of their six since the All-Star break. Arm, what was your reaction to what we saw over the past three days in Anaheim? I think that this series has as many storylines within it as, as any. You have the Yankees who look as dead as they have looked, and, and understandably so. You're missing Aaron Judge, you're missing some other pieces, but still, it shouldn't be this big of a problem. Beyond that, you have the Angels, who seemed like they were on life support, now yeah. starting to fight a little bit. And I've been very adamant that I felt like the Angels actually had a good team this year, relatively speaking, but they've just been decimated by injury. They get Zach Neto back, who I think was more important than a lot of people thought. Otani now just starts to go nuclear, and they're starting to piece it together. To me, this was the Angels potentially saving their season and, and justifying holding on to Otani. And on the other side, it's the Yankees looking like they could be lost right now. And, and you could see it in the dugout, and you could see it on the field. And right now, the Angels a game above 500 because of the sweep against New York. The Yankees still three games above 500, but in last in the American League East, and New York now three and a half games back of a wild card spot in the AL. The Halos four and a half games back of a wild card spot in the American League. But Arm, I think it's a great point because they entered this series against the Yankees, losing seven of their last eight and losing their opening weekend set following the all-star break against the Strohs. So the conversation became, how do the Angels turn it around to maybe make a playoff run to, are they actually going to trade Shohei Otani? He leads all the bigs in home runs this year with 35. He leads all of MLB in triples as well, as we learned on Wednesday night. Arm, what do you think the future is for the Halos and Otani? Not after 2023 but to end out this season 
it sounds silly to say that uh, the next week or 10 days could really decide whether the best player on the planet is going to stay put or not. But I think it really is that that simple with the Angels. I think, you know, it's really hard to justify letting go one of the best players in the world or the best player in the world right now when you're four, five, or even three games out of the wild card, which they could easily be as they continue to hopefully play better over the next week. I think as long as right. they don't get knocked around over the next week, I think Otani stays in L.A. Because ultimately, he's a rental. You're never going to get that that value that you really think you should get for three months of Otani unless somebody really sweeps you off your feet. He's still going to hit the open market. So I, I feel like this is probably a spot where the Angels may end up just holding on to him if, if they play better over the next week or so. And that next week, Arm, to your point, incredibly vital for L.A. They are at home hosting the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend in Anaheim. A day off for the Angels today. And then they have to go on the road to the Motor City, but to take on the Tigers. It should be a couple of winnable games and winnable series for the Angels. So our mock odds makers were in the lab earlier this week, Arm, and they came up with these odds for Shohei Otani's team following the trade deadline. Minus 350 that he remains in Anaheim and you can see some of the others that would be in a conversation if the Angels even start the conversation to deal Otani around the bigs arm you get the feeling he's going to be in LA post trade deadline what does that mean for the Angels on this playoff push I mean it, it means they have a chance as long as you have Shohei Otani you have a chance but I think the biggest thing is you know if they can hang around until August, end of August, early September, when you get the reinforcements back. Because it's not just hoping for Mike Trout to return. It's Logan Ohapi, who was their their young catcher that looked like he was you know, really looking like one of the best young catchers in the game uh, who messed his shoulder up. It's Brendan Drury, yeah. who was a signing for them that has been really swinging the bat really well before he went down. Looks like Urshela may not come back, but even getting those guys back would make a big difference. So it's all about health, but as long as you have Otani, those complimentary pieces return, and you've got a shot because Otani's not even pitching his best right now. And that's the craziest part. They're one game above 500 are the Los Angeles Angels. The Halos trying to get into the postseason for the first time in nearly a decade dating back to 2014. Arm, a couple of big series early this week in the second series of the second half of this MLB campaign. A big one on the horizon for the O's as well. But Baltimore able to avoid the sweep yesterday at home against the LA Dodgers. So they dropped the opening two after winning eight straight. But again, a big victory over the Dodgers yesterday. Arm, do you think this was a bit of a litmus test for Baltimore yeah. in this series against the Dodgers? A absolutely was. It absolutely was. And and I think this is a really good Baltimore Orioles team, a very good Dodgers team. But this is also an example of you can slug and you can swing the bats really well. And, and that'll, <clears throat> excuse me, help you over 162. But you got to go toe to toe with the pitching and and this isn't even the Dodgers best arms right now but you know they're going to piece together you know quality innings the Orioles need yeah. to go get an arm I think that's abundantly clear they need to go get a pitcher uh Shintaro Fujinami is not going to cut it they're going to need to go get a starting pitcher and they've got the best farm system in baseball so I think mm. this was another reminder of hey we're really good but if we want to hang in with the best we need another front line we need a front line starter that we can trust 
We had Burt Murray on the show yesterday, Arm, a great national Major League Baseball insider who does work for Fanside, and he was pretty much telling us, keep an eye on the O's. They could be a team with a ton of movement around that trade deadline. As we focus on the other side, yeah, the Dodgers did go down yesterday, but they won the series in Camden against the O's. They have won eight of their last 10. As you look at the Dodgers, Arm, are they starting to trend into that peak form we all expect for a contender of a World Series? Yeah, it, it looks like it. And it, it's funny because this is like the most vulnerable Dodgers team we've seen right at 55 and 40 here at this point. But I mean, the, the pitching has been as decimated as ever for them. I mean, their IL rotation is, is pretty darn good and they're going to get Kershaw back. It was very precautionary. He should be back and ready to go. Walker Bueller, friend of, our, uh, of ours at the Just Baseball show, he's on every Monday. He gives us rehab updates, and he feels like he can be back in September. What, what, what a boost that would be for them if he's able to do that. And they, they've got guys that are underperforming. I mean, Arias just struggled, and, and that cost him the game there. you, you got to imagine he's going to pitch a little bit better. They're getting some young guys back. Uh, I, I think they're only going to get stronger, and you know they're going to make moves. The Dodgers perpetually have a great farm system. They have guys that they need to move for a 40-man crunch. I think they're going to go get some players that that kind of fit what they need. Uh, they may go get a shortstop. Uh, th there's a lot of different things that they can do as well, and that's another team that I feel like is already strong and is only going to get stronger. Trending in a very positive way is L.A. Arm, they were swept by the Giants to end out a series on June 18th. From that point, when they were only six games above 500, they are 16 and 7. The Dodgers have the day off today. The Orioles head to Tampa Bay to take on the Rays. It's the O's and the Rays now tied for the top spot in the American League East. The team that is still booked as the favorite, though, to win the National League pennant, that would be the Atlanta Braves, Arm, despite dropping four straight games they end out their series in Atlanta against the Diamondbacks today and if you're looking for one of the best pitching matchups you might see all season long in MLB it is in Atlanta starting just a little bit before 12 30 p.m. Eastern time it's the two co-favorites to win the National League Cy Young Zach Gallon gets the start for the D-backs Spencer Strider on the other side for the Braves Aram what can you expect to see in today's matchup in Atlanta uh, maybe a playoff preview over here. I, I think that's exactly what we could be seeing is uh, a little taste of what we could see on the big stage. And this is kind of that ace test for me. Uh, this mm -hmm. is when your team's scuffling, the rotation comes back around to you, and you're supposed to be that guy, especially with Freed Hurt. Can you answer the call? And this is what I, where I'm interested to see what they can get from Strider. The stuff's been there for Strider. Yeah. The, the strikeout numbers are are gaudy, but also he has not been as consistent as he was last year. This is that statement start to say, hey, I, I am an ace too. I can be co-aces with Max Freed. I know they're probably not worried about the, the, the title, but it's kind of that put your foot down and say, hey, I can break a losing streak for my team. I think Strider's going to come out there and shove. Gallon's the type of guy that's going to match it, and it should be really fun. Uh, but also the way these series have gone, maybe both get shelled and get knocked out in the third. Who knows? But it's two great offenses. And I think it's going to be two teams that are kind of looking at each other and saying, we're pretty similar here. Let's just slug it out. Two heavyweights that are just going to swing.
It's been a huge series for both of these teams. Atlanta entered dropping their final game of their uh, first series following the All-Star break, and now it's four straight. They dropped the final two for the Braves. Arizona entered arm, losing four straight, eight of their last ten. Now they've taken the first two, including that opening night game on Tuesday when they won 16-13. to 13. It is interesting when you look at the National League Cy Young odds where we see Strider and Gallon as co-favorites plus 250, but only a buck and a half behind. Blake Snell he gets the start for San Diego today on the road against the Blue Jays how do you evaluate arm the odds to win the National League Cy Young Award this year it's chaos because it, you have Strider and Gallon who I think are like you said the clear cut one and two but Blake Snell if, if the Padres don't turn this thing around he, he could get moved I, they've, they've been playing a little bit better of late but you know he's a free agent after this year yeah. so then he might get sent to another league a lot of American League teams can use some pitching help uh, Logan Webb's been throwing really well, but I really do think it's a two-horse race between Strider and Gallon because, one, the chance that Snell gets moved, and then there's a big drop-off after Logan Webb. And then Stroman might get moved, so it's just a little bit of chaos over there. But, yeah, I think it's Strider versus Gallon, and ironically, that's another kind of subtle storyline in this in this start yeah. matchup here is who's going to kind of separate themselves in this competition here for the Cy Young. The Braves have dropped four straight games. As Ara mentioned, if you want to be the ace of the staff, it's in these moments to prove you can be that lead guy at all times, certainly to stifle a losing skid. This is the first time Atlanta has dropped three or more games consecutively since the middle of May. And despite all that, arm, because the Marlins have lost six straight and the Phillies lost yesterday against the Milwaukee Brewers, Atlanta still has a nine and a half game lead for the top spot in the National League East. Blake Snell is a name to watch as we approach the trade deadline he gets the start in Toronto Marcus Stroman gets the start at home today in Wrigley against the Cardinals keep an eye on the cards now all of a sudden arm trending in a positive direction as the trade deadline is just 12 days away arm Layton from just baseball media always breaking it down all across the bigs arm we appreciate the time greatly here on this Thursday on TMA thanks for having me as always we'll come back with a best bet on the other side of this break again only 10 games in major league baseball today but some really good ones up and down the slate i'll focus on one that we've hit on a ton the aces in place in atlanta zach gallon for arizona spencer strider for the braves might we see offense on one side we'll talk about it up next here on the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com closing out our two hours together here live on the morning after on this Thursday on sports grid Sirius XM channel 159 that is the home for sports grid radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz network that sports grid it now includes the new sports grid app the ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the Apple app store you can scan the QR code that is about to be on your screen and in just a few moments after you scan that QR code all of our information all of our insight all 
all of our data available in the palm of your hand. It is smarter to be on SportsGrid. One of my personal favorite things about the new SportsGrid app that regardless of what your favorite sport league or team is, it's going to have best bets for you. Our five-star plays. And listen, I'll be honest, I'm not the best or even most able Major League Baseball handicapper, so I turn to the Spiz Grizz app but I do have a thought today on the Major League Baseball slate here on this Thursday where there are some dandies up and down the board in some great pitching matchups including one we focused on a ton and rightfully so it's two front runners two co-favorites for the National League Cy Young Award in Atlanta the Braves Spencer Strider the D-backs Zach Gallen so before we say farewell and before we say goodbye it's time for bye 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 Zach Gallen started the All-Star game for the National League. He's a co-favorite to win the Cy Young in that league for a reason. At home this year in the desert, Gallen is a perfect 9-0 with a sub-1-5 ERA. Give him the Cy Young Award if it was only at home. But on the road, away from Arizona, a different story. Gallen this year is 2-4 with a 5-1-1 ERA. He's on the road today in Atlanta. The total's 8.5. We've seen some scoring here in this series. I think the Braves bring it to try to avoid the sweep against the Diamondbacks today. Atlanta over their team total of five. The game starts just about 12.30 p.m. Eastern time, so get those bets in now. We'll be back on a Friday starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow.